Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Welcome to Incoming Game Bonus Edition, the podcast where we watch and play <laughs> the 1998 reboot PlayStation game. Countdown to Chaos. Yeah, so I'm Ben, and I'm watching the cutscenes for the first time. I'm Jessica. I am playing the game for the first time and watching the cutscenes. <laughs> playing some of the game, not all of the game. It's a Do very you... difficult game. Yeah, so talk about what the gameplay is like. You recorded a video of yourself playing some of this, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Uh, so yeah, I edited that video down. I played for a little over an hour. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I don't think everyone wanted to see me attempt to jump on boxes for an hour. <laughs> the only videos I watch of like Let's Play, stuff like that, is Monster Factory. And like I have no interest in watching other people play video games ever. So <laughs> Normally I do not either. I you know there are there is a subset of people who do, and I'm sure a couple of them will be like, Oh hey, show us the whole thing. But it literally there is a whole part where I'm attempting to go on this conveyor belt which leads to nowhere but i didn't know it led to nowhere i assumed it led somewhere so there's a lot of frustration there it's, don't worry about it it's it's not that interesting i saw a lot of you like flying into the side of buildings and trying to like get up ramps and stuff yeah it's very difficult to control i had a kind of like inspiration at one point that they were trying to do tony hawk <laughs> and looking at some of the um, actual plays on YouTube uh, just further convinced me of this. It's a little bit more of a skateboarding game than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. You are trying to skateboard around. They give you ramps and stuff so that you can jump on things. The jump button isn't really a jump button. It's like you have to hold it down. And then when you release, it jumps. So you're kind of like a, a building up the jump. And that took me a while to figure out because there is no tutorial in this game <laughs> and i'm sure did you did you have like the instruction manual in the game still uh I, you know i didn't even look <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that instruction manuals were a thing in the games back then um now is it the level setup from what you could tell it was pretty much the same like objective over and over again right to like find the tears and like shoot at them and yeah the three levels that i played uh what you did was you you had some time to run around, and then a cutscene would come and say, there's a tear, here's where it is, go find it. So you'd go and try and find it. One of the things that I noticed in the game is, even in games nowadays, they don't render everything. You know, they render the stuff that's right in front of you, they don't render the stuff that's out past your view. Mm -hmm. So notice sometimes, especially if it's a slower loading game, that stuff will like pop into frame yeah. as you get close to it. But they're a lot better with it now, they kind of have like you know, a not loading background. So you can see that there's forest ahead of you and stuff. They just won't show you all the detail. In this game, it's black. There is, <laughs> you are, <laughs> the area that you're in is what you can see. And beyond that is darkness. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's the first time I played it. I just like ran around trying to find the tear that I was looking for. I hadn't paid attention to what building it was near and I couldn't see it from afar because mm. if it was past my point of view, it would just be black. 
So I was try- running around, running around, trying to find this tear and ended up dying because I ran out of time. So. <laughs> and your, uh, what was it? Your memory card was for the wrong system? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. So the memory card I have is for the PS2, which was what I was playing on. The game is a PS1 game and doesn't recognize the PS2 memory card. <laughs> so that's why you only played for that. <laughs> yeah. I only, I played through for as long as I could for like a full game over. Um, so you got a bad ending. I, I didn't get, I got no ending. Oh, you got no ending. <laughs> Uh, there is a bad ending, but I just died and went okay. back to the beginning. So. What's funny talking about that, because like, there, there were gaps, certainly, in like the cutscenes where like you can imagine that the level would have filled in that gap, but it doesn't quite make sense if you're just trying to find tears over and over again. So like, there must have been some change to the gameplay element. There was like a little bit of, at the very beginning and very end of a scene, kind of in-game cutscenes. Right. So you got a little bit more story with it. Uh, it, you know, wasn't very good. The the game is really old, so it looks all pixel, you know, pixelated and bad. And they don't tell you a lot. One of the first cutscenes that you get in the scene that's like rendered uh, in the style of the show, you see Enzo like run off to go into danger. And then the in-game cutscene is Enzo talking to Bob. Bob saying, well, there's a tear. And Enzo going, okay, I'm out of here. And like, just leaving. <laughs> I'm just like, why was this in here? Like, why did we have to have Enzo there at all? That's so weird. <laughs> so uh, was it fun? Um, No. But mostly because it was frustrating. I mean, the gameplay was repetitive. The, the three levels I played, you found three tears. You mended those tears. Then you had to get a key or multiple keys to move on to the next level. And repetitive gameplay in and of itself is not bad. There's plenty of games that everyone has played that has repetitive gameplay. Yeah. It just, it's difficult to even appreciate any of the mechanics of the game when you can barely move forward. Uh, <laughs> that was a lot of the criticism I had heard ahead of time was that yeah, the controls were like the biggest thing. Yeah, it's very difficult to move around uh, and get the hang of. I did sort of kind of get the hang of it there at the end, but it's the game is practically, you know, figuring out how to control it. <laughs> and, you know, if you can figure out how to get from point A to point P without falling off the side of something five times in a row... <laughs> Then congratulations, <laughs> you've done the game. Now, you've talked before about how you don't really do first-person shooters that well because you get nauseous. Did you get nauseous playing this, too? Well, no, because this is third person. You're controlling okay, a little so person. The first-person ones, bad. I don't like, like Fallout or Bioshock, um, stuff like mm-hmm. that, where you literally just have, like, a hand in front of you. Right. Those are the ones that I'm just like, ugh, that's annoying. Third person, <laughs> I love. Give me third person all day long. I'll play Mass Effect and dragon age and stuff like that where i get to see my little character running around forever but so yeah this is fine it was super weird that bob had a gun like that it made no sense <laughs> that was the funny thing you mentioned it was like yeah bob and his famous gun <laughs> yeah and it was legitimately a gun it wasn't even like a weird computer gun that fires lasers it was a gun there were like shells coming out of the gun after you fired it yeah later on in like the in the video like he actually calls it bfg yeah, he gets a yeah, you can get like a gun upgrade and I was watching some of the other videos. Apparently I got one of those at one point and I didn't know how to access it, but you can see someone <laughs> switching through the different guns. Okay. Um, so you can get other guns in addition to the one gun you have. Um <laughs> It's just it's strange. It doesn't 
mesh with reboot it felt like they were making another game and they kind of put Mm -hmm. a reboot skin on it Uh, and that game was a skateboarding shooting people game (laughs) it's a perfect fit yeah and another interesting thing too is that you can shoot innocent people for all (laughs) intents and purposes (laughs) at one point i shot down multiple flying cars that were just driving around i shot down an ambulance at one point that was probably trying to save the people that i shot down previously yeah i think like fong reprimands you for shooting civilians he does (laughs) he's like don't do that and i'm like well then give me an aiming rectangle i don't know what you want (laughs) uh but i mean it was it was fun for what it's worth. I doubt I could finish it. Just trying to control it took up so much time and energy that I didn't have time to play the game, you know? <laughs> and if if that was just a little bit easier to control, I probably would have, one, gotten a lot farther, and two, enjoyed it more. I mean, it was early levels, so it was probably pretty simple compared to some of the later levels. I know at mm-hmm. one point you get to fight Megabyte, you get to fight Hex, and you get to fight a uh, hack and slash duo. Um, so, I mean, there could have been a lot of fun moments there that I didn't get Mm -hmm. to get to, but from what I saw, a lot of repetitive gameplay and very difficult to control. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you do get a little bit of a story, uh, with it. So why don't we talk about the cutscenes? Yeah, so I just watched the YouTube compilation that kind of shows it all in order with the uh, good ending, and then it goes and shows you some of the extra game overs and the bad endings yeah. in a row. <laughs> they were pretty great. They were pretty funny watching all the deaths <laughs> in a row, but we'll get to that. So right off the bat, you get Megabyte looking like he's running some kind of simulation, shouting at Bob. Bob, like using Glitch, there's a flash of Enzo with like white eyes and a barcode, dots tossing and turning, and then a countdown to a system meltdown. It's all just like a series of flashing imagery that doesn't really make any sense yet. You come to find out later that it's like clips kind of smashed together from Mm -hmm. all later on. Yeah, and then we get uh, Megabyte and Hex planning. Uh, They're planning something together, uh, and it involves Air Doctor and some kind of terror that happens. (laughs) Yeah, they've created some kind of mirror above the tour, and as they're about to start the next phase, I, I want to point out when Hex tilts her head down and changes her face, like her eye sockets all of a sudden just bulge right out, like you can see it from <laughs> above. Because <laughs> like normally when you see her face change, it's head on, so like her face was tilted down, so you just see her like eyebrow bones just like bulge right out. It's so weird. <laughs> Megabyte betrays Hex. Surprise, surprise. Who would have thought he would have done something like that? I guess I couldn't tell exactly what was happening here. If he was like sending the terror to her or like knew the terror would be drawn to her or something. Yeah, he gives the order to release the containment field and activates the mirror. And that sends a beam of light shooting out of it, which I thought maybe he was about to torture some ants (laughs) with it. But yeah, it creates a tear and destroys Hex's lair and causes a chandelier to drop down on her, which I thought was funny. (laughs) It's very Phantom of the Opera. It works very well with Hex. Then he lays this framed photo of her face down. Oh my god, the photo. I was dying. Why does he have this Why photo? Why does he have this, like, like... This, this family portrait? Not just of her, too. Of her and Scuzzy together. It's like something she would have sent with like their Christmas cards. Right? You know? <laughs> and then he had it framed. Like He's like in CVS picking out like the little circular <laughs> thing. So, and, like, he's got it like on his chair like as like yeah. a little like 
you know, so he reminds himself that she exists. It's just a reminder to destroy. <laughs> and then just slowly pushes it down in a dramatic fashion, only for himself <laughs> and for no one else. <laughs> it was such a funny moment. <laughs> then uh, down at the diner, young Enzo is playing with puppy Frisket? Yeah. Why I, is he a puppy? I, so I'm assuming from the context of a lot of the stuff in this quote-unquote episode that this is like when bob first arrived i got that sense too yeah there's a lot of things like later on like he doesn't have the trust of the binomes exactly frisk gets a puppy and yeah it just seems like he's new in town essentially even he was new in town even in episode one but this must be even like a prequel to that yeah and i'm trying to remember so the next episode episode that we'll be watching will be this uh first episode of season four and i know that that brings us back in time a little bit um, Mm -hmm. just to give us a look at what happened pre-Bob. To the 80s. Yeah, to the 80s. Um, (laughs) And I can't remember if Frisket is in it, but I feel like maybe he is. Hmm. In which case, the whole timeline of this game is thrown off. Well... That was that was the other thought. I was like, because I know there's Kid Enzo, and like everything kind of gets restored at the end of season three, and like this is when the game came out. But at the same time, yeah, like when everything got restored, I don't remember seeing Puppy Frisket. Like he, I think he was still no. Yeah, this is definitely like if it's supposed. I think it's supposed to be early. This is supposed to be earlier in the timeline. So before pre season one, episode one. Before Bob uh, stopped using guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he. What happened is he shot down the ambulance that one time. <laughs> and then from Bob there never on, again. he swore off guns. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. So Mike runs into the diner to announce the news of Hex's lair being destroyed. And Enzo, sensing he is needed, rushes outside <laughs> to open a manhole cover for Bob to leap out of. <laughs> so yeah, he leaves. He's just like, oh man, there's been an explosion in Lost Angles. See you, Gotta sis. Go. I'm gonna go see what happened. And Dot's just like, all right, it's yeah. cool, whatever. Which, <laughs> knowing Dot is like the opposite of Dot. Yeah. So it was very weird to have her just be like, well, go for it. <laughs> so Bob pops out of the manhole cover and he lands yeah. in Dot's arms as everyone cheers. Way to go, Bob. <laughs> So this is, there's gameplay in between that. Yeah. <laughs> so Enzo runs off. The part that I mentioned earlier, he just pretty much shows up, talks to Bob for like a second and then leaves again. He's like, all right, you got this. I'm gone. And then Bob does some tear things and then pops out of a sewer. That makes no sense. He was going into like, uh, like the Holland Tunnel kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but pops out of a sewer anyways. I don't know how that happened. But everyone's very happy about it. He's very happy to be held by Dot. Dot looks happy to be holding him. I want to point out the animation is a little more simplistic by season three standards, but only a very little bit. Like, it actually looks like a regular episode for the most part. It does. And it actually seems about on par for a game of this era. And we should also mention, uh, to coincide with what we're talking about with time, everyone's outfits are season one outfits. Yeah. Everyone's got their season one gear on. So Bob is not all like scaly and stuff and <laughs> dot does not have her commando gear so no. so yeah so i guess after this um i don't know if there's gameplay in between this but the next thing we get is megabyte addressing his army 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's walking through an army, going up an elevator, and then has a giant vid window from which he is addressing his troops. He wants to announce the grand opening of Mega Frame, which this again, like he keeps trying to make fetch happen, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> Bob does his whole like no shtick and does a pretty funny like face when he sees all the <laughs> tanks approaching him. Which over my dead bitmap, I feel like bitmap has been used to mean ass <laughs> previously, so it's kind of funny. Uh, but then, yeah, he runs off, and at this point, I'm assuming we have more gameplay. I, I, I was labeling each like cutscene title, but then I was like, there's too many. So there's I'm a lot. Like, yeah. A lot of these cutscenes have titles, and they feel real weird and out of place. And some of them are like two seconds long so i just i just decided to string them together in my mind as like you know there's blackouts every now and then (laughs) it's like memento but it's like missing real you know (laughs) so meanwhile apparently there have been some mutations yeah as a air doctor tries to explain some techno babble but megabyte isn't having it and straight up just fucking crushes the doctor's hand my digits (laughs) and then he evil laughs which (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I cracked just, up about because he was very he was very happy about crushing breaking his yeah. hand. I'm like, it's just you and the guy whose hand you crushed. Why are you evil laughing right now? <laughs> he lays down the photo of the doctor's hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get um a really quick clip of Bob zooming away somewhere. Right. He's just he's a, Yeah, in my head. So he's escaping the tanks and he gets notified by, about a new tear over by his apartment. He's like, my apartment? That's where I keep all my stuff. Well, no, not just a tear, because they're chasing a creepy squid thing, which they say is headed towards Bob's apartment, which I'm assuming is the mutation. Oh, okay. I missed that. It's super, super fast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so there's they're shooting. The CPUs are shooting at the squid thing as they fly. Mm. And they let Bob know, oh, it's about to, like, you know, destroy everything you own. So... <laughs> <laughs> But he gets to his apartment, and there's a bunch of protesters rioting outside, apparently distrustful of him. They simultaneously say that they should surrender to the viruses, but also accuse Bob of working for the viruses and start a lynch mob. They're not very well organized. They do consist of Waldo from Where's Waldo? Uh, some guy with a <laughs> bag on his head. And then also Bunnyfoot, who I'm pretty sure <laughs> actually works for Megabyte. <laughs> He's a sleeper agent. <laughs> They start chasing them around, and Dot swoops in with the flying claw machine to snatch Bob up from the angry crowd. But instead of thanking her for saving him, he's like, hey, thanks for emasculating me in front of everybody. So she's like, fine, don't land on your neck when I drop you. (laughs) (laughs) Which this car thing that she has with the crane, I'm pretty sure is the same one that we had from, I want to say, Gigabyte? Yeah, it was familiar. Yeah, I'm fairly certain we've seen it before. I always want to call it a crane, but it's not a crane, so like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you call that thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that can, you know, that construction thing. You guys know. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you know, the clawy grabby thing. thing. <laughs> the thing with the thing, and it comes down, and like, yeah. <laughs> so, we black out for a little bit, and apparently Bob goes to sleep by crashing through a window right into bed. <laughs> Bob is dreaming of sexy Dot seducing him. Oh my god, this wet dream of Dot. I mean, is there any other kind? Uh-huh. <laughs> but Fong interrupts and chastises him and tells him to head to the park. Not only does he interrupt and chastise him, he chases him out the window. He's like, get away from that dream. <laughs> out of like, Bob, is this how you leave your apartment normally? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how he enters it. <laughs> they only uh, wanted to render the one entrance. So now at this point, Megabyte is back in his tour. He is ordering Air Doctor to release the family heirloom, uh, which we get this kind of shadowy creature, which only later on do I realize is a combination of hack and slash. That I got that right away. So I did not get that right away. <laughs> As soon as I saw the silhouette, I was like, that looks just like Hacker Slash with some extra accessories. Like, like they turned him into a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, he, like, combined them into some kind of, like, you know, super robot dude. Which apparently <laughs> makes them possibly evil and not doofy. In right. which case, definitely keep <laughs> them doofy. Our powers combined. <laughs> so I guess Bob won over the crowd at the park. Because I have no idea what happens in between these scenes except, you know, for what you've told me. <laughs> he does this goofy-ass grin. Like, <laughs> as uh, Megabyte spies on him super subtly with these binoculars <laughs> the from binoculars. his limo. I thought the binoculars were so great. I'm like, what are you, from an Alfred Hitchcock movie? <laughs> He's, like, in his limo. He's just, like, straight up just, like, peeping. <laughs> Not even behind a tree. Which, the doctor calls him up on the phone, and I now notice that he has bandages on both hands. Yeah. So something definitely happened in another cutscene that we didn't get to see. <laughs> Maybe that's why Bunnyfoot has a brick for a foot. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> To smash the doctor's hands every now and then. <laughs> well, Hack and Slash arrive and start back on their bullshit. I am proud to say that I am... Hack, he's... Slash, I got a splitting headache. Megs is not having it, and he just has to break things. <laughs> There's a lot of bad puns made about splitting into two. Mm-hmm. Which is where I was just like, oh, they were one, another two, I get it. That makes sense. <laughs> so he heads over to Lost Angles to gloat about killing his sister. When a shattered mirror catches his eye, and not able to pass up the opportunity to gaze at himself, he picks it up. And then it catches his throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hexadecimal's arm shoots out from it, strangling him. Then the mirror reassembles, and Mirror Universe Hex emerges. Uh, this is actually a really great scene. If this was an episode and this happened in the episode, I would be like, holy crap, that's so awesome. Yeah. Like the hand coming out. out of the mirror is fantastic. Her managing to hold him up as she's like floating as a shard of mirror and then the mirror coming up to like form. Like that's that's fantastic. That's some mm-hmm. good stuff. That's what I wanted to say. Like for for the most part, like there's some simplified animation in the beginning, but a lot of the stuff, especially as the further we go on, it's like the animation is much better than it has any right to be for like just a video game, you know, cutscene. Yeah, which I think it helps that you know this was a show that they had all the models for and everything, so it's not like they had right. to start from scratch to do these, but. They did it very well. So yeah, so uh, she tosses Megabyte aside and channels a bunch of red energy into a ball and shouts something about a countdown to... (laughs) 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 Which I guess you said was chaos. Yeah. I'm not sure what the red energy was supposed to be. I don't think it was there before. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's just pure hatred. Pure hatred. She throws it towards the tour and then Bob heads after. And at this point, I'm assuming we're back in the game and Bob is... Trying to now mend red tears instead of blue tears. <laughs> and Megabyte heads back to his lair to watch the Bob show. Yeah, I was confused as to how that happened because we. This <laughs> <laughs> is <a> missing reel. <laughs> yeah, she threw him across the city, and now I guess he's 
back at home and in his chair and ready to fight Bob with his new, like, mecha chair. So, yeah, so he fires off some rockets from the chair. As one does. And, and it's a kind of a funny uh, scene, too, of, like, the chair, like, kind of moving backwards and stuff like that and pressing buttons. But he knocks Bob off his board, and so Bob uses his grappling hook to swing over to Megabyte and puts a giant gun in his face. <laughs> what is... <laughs> And this is, I think, one of our, so we've had our first boss fight, which was super hack and slash. Now we're at our second boss fight with Megabyte. You're fighting Megabyte in the chair. Mm. And I've seen some a little bit of this being played where you're kind of, you know, in the circular area and you're just running around killing the little binomes that pop up and then big Megabyte. Now, Bob asks him where Dot is and I didn't realize she was missing in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either until they said that. I was just like, oh, yeah. maybe that's why he was having a weird what dream about her? I don't know. <laughs> so Megabyte points to the screen showing that uh, Hex has tricked everyone and captured Dot. And so Bob just like, starts wailing on Megabyte before firing his absurdly gigantic gun into the sky. <laughs> this, this whole scene was ridiculous. Yeah, he asks for his BFG, which appears. But as far as I know, he can't really like beat up Megabyte. <laughs> as far as we know. But in this one, he seems perfectly able to. <laughs> But he gets very mad, yeah, and he shoots at the mirror containing a hex and behind her a trapped dot, which seems odd because, you know, he's trying to save dot, not shoot dot, but he does it anyways. Hopefully it didn't actually hit her. <laughs> and then we, again, we kind of black out for a bit, and uh, Hex is stroking Scuzzy, mooning over Bob. She, like, has his boy band posters up on the wall. Which, yes, again, with the framed photos. Why does everyone have framed photos of people? <laughs> I mean, I remember she had, like, a bunch of cutouts of him at one point. She did have a bunch of cutouts, like, cardboard cutouts, life-size. Yeah. (laughs) Everything fades to black, and then Bob is in a weird dream again, where uh, Dot is wearing a black leather cat suit. We could do undreamable things together. I will give you everything you desire. She is leathered out, and she pushes him down, like, straddling him. Like, they about to fuck? Like, if I had seen this picture online, I would assume someone just made some fan art. It was just like, yeah. this, was, this is what I wanted to see. Uh-huh. She's coming on strong, but he's not into it. Like, I guess something just seems a little off about her. And then, oh my god, the creepiest fucking scene. This scene is amazing <laughs> it was so gross he notices dot's ah. shadow sees that the shadow has a crown realizes what's up and fucking tears dot's face off oh and there's like <laughs> bits of flesh that go with it and then she does a thing with hex which is always terrifying where there's mm-hmm. like light pouring out of her face yep Yep, she screams and then resumes control and summons a ring of tears that encircles mainframe <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was so creepy. So there's two really great hex scenes here, but the between the mirror scene and this scene, like this was this some messed up stuff. Do we know what the game was rated? So the game was rated E for everyone in America Absolutely and 15 not. plus 15 plus in Europe. So Europe <laughs> knew what it was doing, America yeah. did not. <laughs> we didn't play test this. They they because nobody could get past the first couple levels, so they never made it to the next scene. It's like, yeah, it's fine. It looks fine. It's fine. And it's like, no. He ripped her face off after she was about to fuck. <laughs> this is not a kids game. <laughs> So, at this point, I can only assume that Hex has been defeated off-screen because she falls to the floor, lifeless and faceless. And faceless, which was also (laughs) creepy. 
And then Bob runs over to smash a mirror, which contains Dot. She falls out of a tunnel in the mirror. <laughs> he catches her and they fly off into the sunset. Yeah, Hex's building starts to like collapse around them again. Uh, so I guess she must not have rebuilt her lair up to code. <laughs> then Fong shows up with his like funny aviator hat <laughs> to oh give, give news. Which we'll see a couple of times based on the type of ending that you get. Yeah, yeah, he pops up, a video screen of Enzo pops up too, and they congratulate Bob on saving Mainframe, and Dot, still in Bob's arms, kisses him. Which, if this is supposed to be, like, pre-first episode, I feel like really cuts out that whole, like, will-they-won't-they tension throughout Mm -hmm. three seasons. I like how Bob kind of looks off screen, like maybe he's thinking about going back for that leather outfit. I mean, <laughs> Dot is giving him some some fuck me eyes. She she really is. She's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that, and that's the end. Like that's the end. It's kind of it's just like they're like, hey, you did it. Yep, credits. <laughs> but apparently, you can get bad endings. Yeah. So let's let's kind of zoom through these a little bit. <laughs> we get one where the uh, Dot's diner is on fire. And Bob's like, oh, man, guess I can't get that shake, huh? <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> screw you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> she get, he gets a death glare, at least. <laughs> then there's another one where, like, the angry villagers stone Bob to death. <laughs> the one that really caught me off guard, because at first I assumed that these weren't endings, that these were... Oh, it's like a game over screen. Yeah, game over screen, exactly. So one of the first times I died in the game is just... Cuts to Megabyte. He's like, welcome to Megaframe. There's one with a giant squid eating the principal office. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I assumed it was stuff like that. Like, so I'm like, you know, not paying that close of attention to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they're like, Enzo died. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my brother? I'm afraid he did not survive my child. <laughs> That's the one I wanted to get to. <laughs> so like, it's the same ending, like on the top of the building, but uh, only Fong shows up and he's like, yeah, so uh, you saved Mainframe, but uh, Enzo was, didn't make it. I'm like, wait, did you just rewrite the entire series? What just happened? I'm not even sure that that's a bad ending, though. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently at this point, we have a time stone that we can just like use to go back in time and fix things. <laughs> Right, and Dot tries to stop him from using it, though. She's like, no, 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 really, it's yeah. fine. I've seen season three. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, since when has Dot not been the one? Like, Dot's characterization is way off the map here. <laughs> She's like, ah, he wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to babysit anymore. It's fine. Yeah. He's like, besides, with him gone, think of all the screwing we could do. <laughs> like you said, there's a few that are just basically Megabyte saying, welcome to Megaframe. We get a fun shot of Enzo and Dot shaved and barcoded. There's one with like a zombified Enzo and a Charlton Heston binome. I really like the one with Dot and Enzo with the shaved head. Yeah. Just because they're just like, oh, poor Bob. He was a good guy. Yeah. Like, like he was a dog <laughs> oh, well. or something. Like he was, <laughs> just like, oh, it was sweet to have him around. Oh, well. There's one that has Hex just straight up blasting the city apart. And then another one where she has Bob and Dot stuffed and like on display like Madame Tussaud figures. <laughs> we also get one with Charlton Heston. Yeah. <laughs> you damn dirty apes. The last one has all but a tiny bit of mainframe destroyed and a recording of Fong floats up to give Bob that revert command again. And I'm not sure which one is considered the worst ending, 
But I would say it's probably the one where there isn't a chance to go back and redo things, like the one where they get stuffed, or the one where Bob dies in Megaframe. Yeah, because again, I can't tell which ones are like game over and which ones are like actual endings of the game. But I assume that the worst ending ending is the one where he there's no mainframe left and he's like on the door with Rose there. (laughs) (laughs) I assume that that was supposed to be the worst ending, but it still ends on a hopeful note because it got the time stone. That's, you know, that's pretty much it. We've got (laughs) a weird story, uh, which they've cobbled together with bits of gameplay in between some really good moments. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed watching this (laughs) weirdly enough. (laughs) Yeah. It was light and fun. Uh, It's, not a very cohesive story, but it's kind of still fun to watch. Yeah, like you can't really judge it as an overall like episode episode, but like it was certain like I said, it was certainly better than it had any right to be. <laughs> it was. Especially for the era. Oh <laughs> there was uh one thing I did want to bring up was Mike the T V, the one like end ga- game over screen is him <laughs> giving you like yeah. burn cream. <laughs> <laughs> well he popped up like for a right guard earlier in yeah there he does too. a right guard a little right guard commercial right guardian <laughs> but what did like yeah he that was one of the ones i got when i died was he has this cream that he <laughs> wants you to use and it's like an anti-aliasing cream but he says something it's for that burn and i'm like this is pre the word burn used in as it's used today <laughs> Oh, like a insult? Yeah, because I feel like, you know, you died. He's like, oh, you want some cream for that burn? <laughs> Did it make up for the gameplay? Was <laughs> being able to see the videos? Yeah, the videos were really fun. I mean, I don't know if I would want to play through the game to see them all. I'm glad they're on YouTube. I really wonder how many people actually did play the game long enough to get to any of those completed areas. Yeah, there's a couple of people who've put it on YouTube of them playing the whole game. Uh, and so I assume from there, there's probably at least twice as many <laughs> play through the whole game. So overall, I mean, I think if you have access to the game and you're curious, it's not a horrible game to have. I don't think it was like a $6 poorly spent on my part between <laughs> buying a game and shipping. Uh, it was kind of fun to go back and play an old game. I do wish it was easier to control. I would have liked to play around with it more. Um, I also wish that my memory card worked so that if I did die, it wasn't the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to get yourself a PS1 memory card. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not buying a PS1 memory card. <laughs> that all said, you can also just go online. You can check out the clips of the actual animated bits within the game and, and get a feel for what it is. Like we said, there's some really fun moments in there, especially with Hex. You know, just not a great story, but fun to watch. We should also say that uh, we're putting up the video of you playing. It's about like a, a 20 minute uh, compilation of like the best bits with your commentary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> again, I tried to cut out the parts that were just me repeating the same action over and over again <laughs> and failing to do stuff. Um, but I did try to keep the best bits in there. You do see me fail a lot. It's an easily failable game, including the bit where I legitimately screamed. <laughs> Which cracked me up even as I was screaming. So, so yeah, that is our game for today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks to all of the patrons who helped make this happen. Yeah, thank you, everyone. It was a lot of fun to, to delve into this. So I hope you really enjoy the video. I hope you get to enjoy this podcast. Uh, and thank you so much for being a patron. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on Incoming Game. Season 4. <laughs> Stay frosty, folks.
Game over. User wins.